Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The topic of the Holy Spirit, as I mentioned to you, this topic is certainly one of the most controversial topics in all of the Bible. Certainly, whole churches have split over this topic. Uh, Am I right about it? Denominations have formed over this topic and uh, for people having differences in understanding. And so we, uh, for those of you that are just joining us, we are doing a series of studies on the Holy Spirit on the life of the Spirit. We're trying to get a biblical understanding of what the Bible teaches about the Holy Spirit. Um, If it's your first time here, we are generally, you'll come here, and we are verse-by-verse Bible teaching church. Uh, This is very special for us to be doing a series of studies on a topic because we generally are going verse-by-verse, line-by-line throughout the Scriptures. Calvary Chapel, if y'all know that to be true, come on, clap your hands and say amen. So um, for us to be doing, um, you know, a topical, that's, that's pretty special for us. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Listen to me as I read you some quotes from some well-known people, some alive and some not, but godly, and their understanding of the Holy Spirit. There's a gentleman by the name of Richard Wilton, and he said this, Come, Holy Dove, descend on us. Rule over my soul with patient love till all my being owns thy mild dominion. Spirit of grace, reveal in me my Savior, that I may gaze upon his mirrored face till I reflect it in my whole behavior. A.W. Tozer wrote this, and he spelled this out in capital letters. He wrote, the Holy Spirit is a person. He is not enthusiasm. He is not courage. He is not energy. He is not the personification of all good qualities like Jack Frost is the personification of cold weather. Actually, the Holy Spirit is not the personification of anything. He is a person, the same as you are a person, but not material substance. He has individuality. He is one being and not another. He has will and intelligence. He has hearing. He has knowledge and sympathy and ability to love and see and think. He can hear, speak, desire, be grieved, and rejoice. He is a person. Oswald Chambers, immediately the Holy Spirit comes in us as light and life. He will chase through every avenue of our minds. Are you listening? His light will penetrate every recess of our hearts. He will chase his light through every affection of our souls and make us know what is sin. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Man does not. There are people, these are people who really understood the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, we're doing a study on the life 
in, in the Spirit. And so far, if you've been with us, we've talked about the person of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit is a who and not a what. He is an, not an energy. He's not fluid or force or karma or a ghost. Like in King Jimmy, if you're reading King Jimmy, it says Holy Ghost. Um, that's not quite correct. He's not a ghost. Because when I think a ghost, I think a Casper the Friendly Ghost. Two people, amen. I'll preach to you. Don't you think of Casper? He's not a ghost. He's the Holy Spirit. Uh, we have the word. He's a third person of the Godhead Trinity, of, of the Godhead, uh, the third person. We have the word Trinity. The word Trinity means one God that exists in how many persons? Three. You got it. God the Father. Y'all say it with me. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are distinct and yet one. The Father is not Jesus. Jesus is not the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not the Father. They are distinct and yet there is a oneness and a harmony and a unity and no bitterness or jealousy among the triune Godhead. We talked about the Holy Spirit is holy and that he is God. And with God-like characteristics and a personality, we discussed some of these personality traits. The Holy Spirit has intelligence and emotion. He has a will. He can be lied to and grieved and quenched. The Holy Spirit has the ability to teach and speak and intercede on our behalf. The Holy Spirit can be blasphemed. Last week, were you with me last week? Show of hands. Were you with me last week? Um, that's a good number of you and a good number that weren't. Uh, last week, we began talking about the person and the function of the Holy Spirit. What's his purpose in the world? What has he come to do? What is his ministry? I gave you eight points concerning the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Remember, eight points. Got a pen? Here's where you take some notes. Eight points concerning the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Number one, what does he come to do? The Holy Spirit is sent as a helper. Number two, the Holy Spirit does what, saints? Convicts the world of sin. Number three, the Holy Spirit does what? Convicts of righteousness. Number four, the Holy Spirit convicts of judgment. Number five, the Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. Number six, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak of his own authority. Number seven, the Holy Spirit tells us of things to come. And then finally, number eight, the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. He's sent as a helper, convicts the world of sin, convicts of righteousness, convicts of judgment, guides us in all truth, doesn't speak of his own authority, tells us of things to come, and the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. Last week, if you were with us, we dealt with the first four in our outline. The Holy Spirit is sent as a helper. Saints, I want you to keep your finger in John chapter 16 and go with me to John chapter 14. Go with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, and look at verse 16. Last week we talked about the Holy Spirit is sent as a helper. Look at verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you, what saints? Another helper that he may abide with you for a short period of time. Forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be, what? In you, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus said, I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another helper. The Greek word for helper, we did not cover this last week. Listen, the Greek word for helper is parakletos or paraclete. P-A-R-A-K-E-L-E-T. 
paraclete. The word paraclete means to uh, one who is called alongside to help. A paraclete can also be translated the comforter, the comforter. Jesus is telling us that the Holy Spirit has come as a comforter and a helper. Jesus doesn't leave us as lost sheep in the wilderness. Somebody say amen. Jesus never deserts us in the valley of death or abandons us as sailors on a sea caught in a storm. God always, always, always takes care of his own. Where my people at? Say amen. Come on, clap your hands. He always takes care of his own. And he does that by sending the Holy Spirit, the helper. Why? Because we need help. I don't know about you, but I need help. All right, y'all, we in church now. Don't lie. No, soon you didn't raise your hand. I, say, I don't know about you, but I need help. Amen. We need help. We all need help. We can't do this on our own. We need a power source. Now, here's another great truth. Listen to this. You're going to love it. Every single believer in this room has two paracletes or two comforters, if you will. We have the spirit of God within us and the son of God in heaven. First John chapter two, verse one. If anyone sins, we have an what saints advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. This word advocate. Guess what this word advocate in the Greek language is parakletos, the Holy Spirit. So we have the spirit within us on earth to exhort and comfort and console us and the son in heaven, whoever lives to make intercession for us. Do you know right now Jesus is in heaven praying for you? Oh, somebody needs to say amen. Y'all need coffee? Y'all all right? Everybody all right? Jesus is in heaven right now. He's not twiddling his thumbs in heaven. Sitting there going, well, I'm waiting for the father to pull the trigger and then I'll go back. No, the Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for you. So right now, Jesus is praying for you. Now, I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. That makes me happy because, because it's one thing to have your mama praying for you. It's one thing to have your daddy praying for you. It's one thing to have your grandfather who was a preacher and left a legacy of a church. Left the legacy of the church. I'm finna preach. <laughs> praying for you. But it's a whole nother thing for Jesus to be praying for you. The son of God praying for you. Jesus says, as I was with you now, I'm sending the Holy Spirit and everything I was to you, the Holy Spirit will be to you. While on earth, Jesus was their helper. Jesus had been there to pray with them and teach them. He had been there to provide for them. And Jesus says, now I'm sending the Holy Spirit and he will be a helper of the same kind. Number two, last week we talked about the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. Go back to chapter 16 and look at verse nine. Go back to chapter 16 and look at verse nine. Verse 9, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin because they do not believe in Jesus. Are y'all looking at that? Notice of sin singular, not sins plural. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of the sin of unbelief in Jesus. It's the sin of not believing in Jesus that man will be judged for. Listen, look at me, please. The only sin that you will be judged for is not the bad stuff that you do. 
It's not the fact that you stole a candy bar or you smoke or chew or go with girls who do. <laughs> that is not what God will judge you for. God will judge you for the sin. Notice the sin singular. The sin of unbelief in Jesus. I'm not making this up. It's right here. The sin of unbelief in Jesus. The sin of not believing in Jesus and rejecting Jesus Christ. That's the unpardonable sin. That's what we'll talk about at a later date. Point number three we talked about last week. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of righteousness. The word convict, got a pen, means to show to be wrong. The Holy Spirit is coming to show the world that it's wrong about righteousness. Jesus is God's standard of righteousness. True righteousness or rightness with God comes by knowing Christ. You can't be good enough. You can't help enough. You can't give enough money, contrary to popular television. Y'all pray for me. So I'm watching television the other day, and this guy comes on TV, and he's telling the camera, you know, in the, in the money-a-thons, and they, you know, he's like, you know, you got to send in your seed for your need. And if you send in your seed for your need, we're going to pray. But you got to call in that $50 right now. Call in. The Lord is showing me $50 for a month for everybody for 12 months. And, and, and call in right now. You got five minutes to call in. Five minutes and get in on this prayer. And get in on five minutes. Get in on this prayer. Get on that phone. Five minutes. I'm getting ready to pray. I'm getting ready to pray. I'm getting ready to pray. Go get that phone. Go get that phone. I'm like, don't you know everybody got a cell phone nowadays? You ain't got to go get your phone. I'm going, you got to get in on this prayer. Listen, you don't have to get in on any prayer. You can go to God for yourself. You don't have to pay. You don't have to pay somebody to pray for you. As a matter of fact, if somebody tells you that they want you to pay so they can pray, beware, Will Robinson. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. You can go to God for yourself. Nothing, here's my point, nothing you can do to make you any more right with God. You are as right with God as you ever are going to be right with God when you give your heart to Jesus. When you give your life to him, he gives to you righteousness. He imparts or imputes, the Bible says, it's an accounting word, righteousness to your account you are right by knowing Jesus Christ. Jesus says when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to make it perfectly clear that righteousness comes through Jesus. And then finally, the Holy Spirit we talked about last week convicts the world of judgment. Look at verse 11. Because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, who is the ruler of this world? Satan, the devil, Beelzebub, Lucifer. He goes by many names. And notice, look at verse 11. Because the ruler of this world is already judged not satan will be judged y'all y'all get that when was satan judged when jesus died on the cross and rose again he conquered satan's greatest weapon death the ruler of this world is judged when the holy spirit comes he's going to bring the world to the courtroom and he will bring a verdict and everyone will submit to it and the verdict will stand Point number five in our outline, the title of the sermon, The Ministry of the Holy Spirit, part two, John chapter 16, saints, we pick up in verse five. John chapter 16, look at verse five. If you're looking at verse five, say I'm looking at it. But now, Jesus says, I go away to him who sent me, 
and none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart, Jesus said. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do, are y'all reading this with me? If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now, Jesus says. However, verse 13, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, for whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has our mind. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it unto you. Stop right there. Point number five in our outline, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to guide us into all truth. Look at verse 13 again. However, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The word guide, got a pen, means leading the way. It has the idea of a loving hand leading us to truth. Jesus said, don't you remember? John chapter 8, verse 32, you shall know the truth. Somebody help me. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, there are a lot of people, listen, today, questioning the truth. Questioning truth. What is truth? Colleges, do you know colleges across America? Uh, even after service today, um, this uh, one sister, she actually is a... Um, She's uh, uh, working in the field of physics. She's already graduated, got her master's or something, working in the field of physics. But she works at one of the major universities here in the Triangle. And she told me, uh, as I mentioned this first service, that colleges across America are teaching there is no truth. And she told me, I know that to be a fact, because she works at one of the local colleges and the colleges today, do you understand the colleges that we are sending our children to are teaching them there is no truth or that truth is relative? In other words, truth is not always true. Uh, we hear a lot of people say today, well, this is my truth. That's a real common saying nowadays. This is my truth or I'm walking in my truth. Listen, we don't have individual truths. Truth is truth, singular. There is one. Listen, by virtue of the definition of the word, every one of us can't have the truth. Somebody in here got to be right. Now, in this time, it will be me. But <laughs> when you get your own pulpit, you can be right. And I will sit right there and say, yes, sir. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. There is only one truth, and that truth is Jesus. Am I right about it? That truth is Jesus. There are those who say truth is not always true. My question to them is, is that true? People say, well, there's no absolute truth. Well, is that absolutely true? People say truth is relative. Well, is that absolutely true or relatively true? 
You see, in a culture that we live in, people want to establish their own truth. Or people talk about situational truth. You ever heard of that? Or situational ethics. Situational truth or situational ethics. Have you heard of Fletcher's situation ethics? That means what is wrong or right just depends on the situation you're in. So again, college campuses are being inundated with the philosophy of situational ethics. A medical ethics class at UCLA, listen, true story, a medical ethics class at UCLA some years ago, uh, the students were asked, how would you advise this patient concerning pregnancy and the possibility of abortion? Here's the situation. The father has syphilis, the mother has tuberculosis, the first child was born blind, and the second child died at childbirth. The third child is born deaf. The fourth child contracted tuberculosis and is presently suffering, and now the mom is pregnant again. The question was, what would you tell this patient to do? 70%, true story, 70% of the students said that they should abort the baby. And the professor informed the class, you have just aborted Beethoven. In other words, that was his family history. That's his family tree. That's what he came from. So what is truth? Truth, Jesus said, when the spirit comes, he will guide you in all truth. What is truth? Jesus is truth. Kenneth Wiest Talking about Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Kenneth Weiss, who is a Bible teacher from Moody Bible Institute, translated this verse, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I alone am the way. I alone am the truth. I alone am the light, life. I alone encounter distinction to all others and the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. I think of John chapter 17 as Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Father, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is what, saints? Truth. The word sanctify, write it down, means to make holy. It means to make separate from sin. Now, how do you do that? By the truth of the word. It doesn't say thy word contains truth. Are y'all with me? It says the word is truth. The word of God is truth. It's the inerrant, infallible, inspired word of God. This book is the very words of truth. It doesn't listen to me. It doesn't contain truth. It is truth. And you don't have to look for truth in the Bible. Just open the book and anywhere and you'll get slapped in the face with total truth. The work of the Holy Spirit is to guide us into all truth. He doesn't drag us or push us. He guides us. You can read your Bible backward and forward, but unless the Spirit guides you in the truth, all your reading is in vain. But conversely, if you allow the Spirit of God to guide you in the truth, you'll find he's leading you into a deeper knowledge of the truth. And that truth is Jesus. A.W. Tozer wrote, when the spirit illuminates the heart, then a part of the man sees which never saw before. And can I get a witness? A part of him knows which never knew before. And that kind of knowing of which the most acute thinker cannot imitate. He knows now in a deeper and authoritative way. And what he knows needs no reason proof. His experience of knowing is above reason, immediate perfectly convincing and inwardly satisfying point number six 
in our outline, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak of his own authority. Look at the middle of verse 13. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Now, this is really important because you want to keep in mind the disciples didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is telling them, listen, fellas, you can have the confidence in the Spirit because the Holy Spirit won't just come up with his own message. He won't one day say, you know, I think I'll blow off the father and son thing and I got my own thing going on here. He won't do that. The Holy Spirit is delivering the same message as God the Father and God the Son. He won't give you some independent revelation of God. He will always be consistent with the Father and the Son. He will never misunderstand or misrepresent the Father and the Son. He will tell you the truth as he receives it from the Father and the Son. He never acts independently of the Trinity. And again, there's a perfect harmony in the triunity of God. He won't go off doing his own thing. In other words, the Holy Spirit isn't going to say something different than God. And God's not going to say something different than Jesus. And Jesus isn't going to say something different than the Holy Spirit. There's going to be a perfect unity. Y'all getting that? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.